0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So the disciples come to Jesus. Can you imagine? They come to him and they're on the Mount of Olives. If you've ever been to Israel, it's a beautiful place and And so they come to him with inquiring minds. They want to ask him a question, okay? He had just told them that the temple was going to be destroyed, and so they come and they ask him, and some scholars believe two, possibly three questions. You you need to un that. Now, he had just told them what was going to happen, so here's what they ask. They ask, Lord, when will these things be? And what they're really asking is, when will the temple mount be destroyed? He just told them. He just told them this: "Hey, Lord! Wow, look at the beautiful build, Lord Jesus! Look at the temple." He goes, "I understand that's amazing, but it's, it's going to be destroyed." What? So they want to, they want to ask him. They also ask him, "What, what will the sign of your coming be?" In other words, what they're wanting to know is, "When are we going to find out that you're going to take over the world?" We, we want to know when is the, uh, we're with you, Lord, because um, I got to be honest with you, Lord. I'd raise my hand and I say, "Hey, I thought, I thought we were doing this now." I thought we were going to come in and and take over Rome. We're going to do it now, Lord. You are king of kings. And he goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll let you know. And then he says, and what will be the sign of the end of the age? When will you come back, rule and reign over the earth for a thousand years? Okay, so they're asking these questions. Now, the last two weeks, Jesus begins to answer these questions. Now, what we've gleaned from this, and you need to grasp this, guys, is that he said, he told us, that he knows that we're homesick. Amen? He knows we're homesick. We, You know what it's like to be homesick. When you're away from home and you're going, I don't feel good, I want to go home. And that's how we are spiritually. We're ready to go home. He says, I understand that you, and, and Jesus was in Texas at the time, he said, y'all are homesick. He said, but we're going to have to be sick." Just a little bit longer. Hear sick. You understand what he's saying? Now, it's a funny story. Um, I was sitting with Mel the other day and Mel goes, it's funny you said hear sick because when you first said hear sick, I didn't understand what you meant. I thought you meant hear like you couldn't hear sick. And I was like, Mel, it's hear sick. He goes, yeah, but I thought it was hear sick. And I thought, well, maybe he was thinking that there's a lot of people who can't spiritually hear what's going on in the world. And so they're hearsick. And that reminded me of another story. That reminded me of a young man in a prayer meeting, much like we're going to have tonight. And the young man comes up to the pastor and he goes, Pastor, please pray for me. And the pastor says, okay, what do you need? What do you need? He says, please pray for my hearing. And so the pastor goes, okay. And he puts his hands on his ears and he's praying, Lord Jesus, I pray for his hearing. And then after he's done, he goes, so how's that? How? Can, can you, how does, how's the hearing going? He goes, I don't know. It's on Tuesday at the courthouse. <laughs> we prayed for the wrong hearing. But Jesus told us that we are going to be here sick just a little bit longer. As a matter of fact, look with me in chapter 24, verses 4 through 8. It says this. And Jesus answered and he said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. There there you go, guys. Here's some hearsay. Wars and rumors of wars. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Yes, we see that. Kingdom against kingdom. Yes, we see that. There will be famines. Yes, we see that. There will be pestilences. Come on. Earthquakes in various places he says all these things are the beginning of sorrow if you have a pencil handy guys you can circle this you can put something right next to it you can put here sick that's what it is we're here sick this is all going down and we see it but he tells us this is the beginning of sorrows and you go what does that mean exactly well so here sick means that we're going to see all these things and jesus likens them to birth pains to birth pains These are the contractions leading up to harder contractions before giving birth. This is what they are. And Jesus says, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. So then we took a quick trip back in time to look at the future. You see, Jesus is going to talk about the tribulation. Now, for us... Ladies and gentlemen, this is future, but may I say this to you? It's not very future. It's really close. Okay? It's really close. Future. You go, what does that mean? You ready? It can happen at any time. You go, well, what do you mean? Well, let me give you some late breaking news. Okay? Israel right now is at war, and over 70-plus rockets have been shot into Israel to Jerusalem, you go, why? Because it's the 9th of Av, A-V, the 9th of Av, and on the 9th of Av, both temples were destroyed, obviously at different times. Well, they're mourning the fact that they don't have a temple. Well, because they're mourning, number one, they don't let the Jewish people go up on the Temple Mount. It's their Temple Mount. So they're mourning that, plus now they're shooting rockets at them. Now, I want you to know this, and I want you to take note, prophetically, Israel, as a country, is the weakest it's ever been in its history, right now. They have no government. They've had, I don't know, three to five elections in the last, or it's three elections in the last five years. They, they can't get a good, solid government. The prime minister stepped down. I mean, it's crazy. So they're at the weakest. They're at the weakest right now. That's the news. The second breaking news, and you guys know this, Russia, Iran, and Turkey are all BFF. And you go, what does that mean? That means they used to be against each other. Now they're holding hands. And you go, what does that mean? Well, if you know your Bibles, Ezekiel 38 and 39, this is what's happening. All of a sudden, you've you've got a coalition of countries that, you guys ready? You ready? That hate Israel, come on somebody, but they hate us even more. So the Lord told us in Ezekiel 38 what's going to happen, but you've got to keep in mind too. You see, because Iran looks at Israel and calls them little Satan, and they look at the United States and call us big Satan. So keep that in mind. Now, here's the thing. You've got them ready to go. Now, you also have, and this is from this is from the Jerusalem Post, Israel has two major challenges facing them, coming from the two most far, powerful nation groups in the world, who are directly opposed to each other, but competing for world supremacy. What is about to happen in Israel, with Iran racing to get 90% uranium enrichment for their nuclear bomb. When I looked on it, they have four giant nuclear plants right now. They're ready to go. Okay? Iran to Israel, they don't need a long-range rocket, do they? So why do they have them? Just keep that in mind, okay? Pastor Ben said, listen, just keep that in mind. It's, it's, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. But what's happening right now is Iran is eyeing Israel. Right now, today. Today. So you go, Ben, what's the point? the future of the tribulation the future is closer than you think right it's kind of like when you're driving and then you're uh, in your passenger mirror says objects in the mirror are closer than they appear that's exactly what's happening with the tribulation you're like are they it's a lot closer now there's a lot lot more we're going to talk about it just a little bit but here's the point you guys ready here's really the point of of our hearts people be ready People be ready for the return of the Lord Jesus. We have to be ready because it's going to happen sooner than it is later. Okay? Now let me say this to you. Jot this down and I stand by every single word. You ready? Plan your life like Jesus isn't coming back for a 100 years. Plan your life. But live your life like he's coming back today. That's the bottom line. We still got to work. We still got to get kids to college. We still got to do our thing, whatever. Plan your life. Enjoy your life. But live. Live like he's coming back today. That's how we got to live. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer this, but in your mind, what would your life look like if Jesus was coming back this afternoon? And somehow you had special... Spiritual revelation, 4 o'clock this afternoon, he's coming back. How would you live your life? And that's the point. Live your life that way. Live your life. This is what he's exhorting us to. Well, last week, let's jump in our text or else we won't get done. Last week, we looked at the tribulation, verses 9 through 15. And now, here's what you need to know. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Jewish people when he says this. Look at verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations, underline that, those words, all nations for my namesake. Jump to verse 12. And because lawless will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Do you realize that lawlessness is happening now? The, the fact that human life doesn't mean anything, lawlessness, there it, it doesn't matter. And that is all clothed with the evilness of Satan. Lawlessness, there's no sanctity of life, kill, doesn't matter. And you see that in our country, it's going to get worse. This is what Jesus says in the middle of the tribulation. He goes, it's going to get worse. It's bad now. Do you realize that in Chicago, that a kid doesn't think, this is, this is true on the news, a kid doesn't think they're going to make it to 22 because they've seen their friends get killed in Chicago. That's not how a kid should grow up. Well, if I make it to 18, then I'll have a career. If? This is our world we live in. But Jesus said, listen, and the love of many will grow cold. Let me say this about the tribulation. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a fun time. As a matter of fact, I saw something on Instagram where a lady was holding up a sign and she said basically, uh, going to hell and proud of it. And of course the comments behind it were like, you know, pray for her. She doesn't, they think it's going to be fun. They think their friends are going to hell. That's what they think. It's not going to be fun. In the tribulation, guys, all hell is breaking loose upon this earth. Some people are going to make it through. Some people will live seven years. Some people have what they have doomsday um, preparation and they'll make it through seven years. They might live in a bunker for seven years and have enough food and not ever see a single sunlight again, but they'll make it through. You understand that. But let me say this to you. The majority will have to die for their faith. The majority will have to die. And I, and I would ask them, I go, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna live in the tribulation. I'll just, I'll give my life to God then. And I say, if you can't live for God now, what makes you think you're gonna die for Him then? It's gonna be a lot rougher. You see, the enemy is going to use by every single means to dissuade tribulation saints from serving God. Every single means. Let me tell you what the greatest means they're going to use, your children. You see, because you might stand up and go, I'm willing to die, but there's no way you're going to allow somebody to torture your children in front of you you will cave and get the mark as long as they can live. Even though you know in that time, in that time, everybody say in that time, that it'd be better for both of you to go on and be with Jesus. But we can't do it. It's not in us to watch our children suffer and actually die. So in our text... (laughs) welcome to calvary right (laughs) in our text um if you recall then jesus stops and he takes us back to the middle of the tribulation and that's where we pick up our study we're in the middle of the great tribulation your attention please the first three and a half years is known as the tribulation but the second half is known as the great tribulation it's all great it's all going to be awful it's all going to be ugly but we're right in the middle what's happening right you can feel the intensity and here's what jesus says in verse 15 therefore therefore When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, that's us. He says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, we talked about this last week. The Antichrist will enter the temple. You go, Ben, there's not a temple. There's not a temple yet. They have plans for the temple right now. They have everything they need to offer sacrifices. There will be a third temple. He's going to go in in the middle of three and a half years, and he's going to offer swine and proclaim that he's God and demands to be worshipped. That's what's going to happen right in the middle. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. Who is Jesus talking to right now? He's talking to the Jewish people. He's not talking to us. We, The United States, and I hope none of us in this room are here, it's going to be just as bad, and I'll show you that in a minute. So here's what Jesus says. When you see this, he says, run for the hills. Run for the hills. It's about to get very, very bad for you. What does Jesus do? He's warning them. 2,000 years ago, he's warning, and he's telling the people, head over to Petra. It's a mile-long, inactive volcano, and I'm going to protect you there. It's a giant rock, and nobody can, there's none of the forces that can penetrate that. As a matter of fact, there's this giant earthquake. As they start to follow you, to kill you, a giant, I open up the earth and swallow the the army. I'm going to protect you, Israel, but you've got to run. Run. You got to run. It's the rock of Petra. Now, that's where we pick up our story. Verse 17, Jesus says, Let him who's on the housetop not go down or take anything out of his house. Now, to you and I, that's foreign to us. Why? Because we don't live on the housetops. We don't live on the housetops. But in Israel, guess what? They all build their house with a giant housetop, and that's kind of where they fellowship. Okay, they fellowship on the rooftop. I'm not sure if Adam and Tiffy, Did you go on the rampart with us around when we walked around where you, you, you went on the rampart, right? Where we walked you can go to Israel today, there's a rampart and you can walk all around on the top of the of the hill or the, the, or the wall. But if you look down, you'll see that there's rooftops where they fellowship. And a matter of fact, in some areas there in old Jerusalem, you could actually go from rooftop to rooftop over at your neighbors. So it's just one big happy, this is what they would do, okay? You and I, I don't think we'd get up on the roof. We'd fall down, right? Boom, that's what we would happen if we were hanging up on the roof, right? And uh, sometimes when our husbands gets on the roof, we hear our wives going, please get down from the roof, get down, you're gonna fall and hurt yourself. So we understand that. In Israel, it's a little bit different. But I want you to note the seriousness of this verse. He says, if you happen to be fellowshipping on the rooftop, if you happen to be spending some time on the rooftop, if you happen to be enjoying the sun on the rooftop reading your book, he says, and all of a sudden, your phone gets that meh, meh, meh warning, whatever it might be. It might be like an amber alert kind of warning for, for at the time. And it's breaking in news, right, breaking news. And it says, Brother, and you could enter with it, Brother Christopher, Brother Emmanuel, whatever he names himself has just entered the temple and he's gone into the Holy of Holies and he's offered up swine, he's offered up pigs as a sacrifice and he claims to be God. Can you imagine your phone? This is the alert. You're reading it live. Whoa! Jesus said, don't go back inside the house. Don't go back. He says, just leave. Go. Run. Run, run, run. Let me give you why. Let me give you the why, okay? You got to know why. Why would Jesus say this? Here's why. Listen, he says, once this happens, once you get that that breaking news, once you understand. Now, remember, 50 years ago, we didn't have the technology we have now. Everything's in real time. So the United States and all across the countries are going to see the same thing. That Israel sees. So they'll get it in real time. They'll know what's happening immediately. And here's the why. Here's the why. If you happen to uh, be caught meandering, okay, does anybody know what meandering is? Okay, just, you know, just not really paying attention, just going, oh, that's just, eh, that's all right. He says, here's what's going to happen you will either worship the Antichrist, be forced to, or they will kill you. They will. Now now listen, listen. And I And I challenge you to look it up. I challenge you to look it up. But I want you to see one thing. There's a video out right now. There's a video in China. Okay, this is the video that shows the army blocking people from getting into the bank they can't get their money they have tanks along and they will not let people get their money the bank is collapsing and they don't want them to get their cash they want to move to a cashless society that's going on today look it up look it up you go what was the point You don't think that there's going to be an army waiting when the Antichrist comes in and does the abomination of desolation to stop and kill Jewish people? You see, you think the armies are going to be for our, to protect and serve and help us. They're not there for that. So what happens is he says, okay, here's the deal. You will either worship or you will be killed. You will not be allowed to leave. You will not be allowed to live freely anymore. Come on, somebody. I'm not making this up. Why? Because it was the same thing. There was a preview that happened to us, the whole world, just recently. You will not, you are not free to, you're you're not free to leave. You need to, come on, someone, stay home. Be safe. It was under a different guise, but think about it. Okay? So that's what's happening here. And what Jesus is saying is you're going to have a brief moment to get out of Dodge. I'm not really saying dodge. I'm get out of J- Jerusalem, get, get go over to Petra. But you know what I'm saying? You need to leave quickly. How quickly? If somebody said to you. All right, you need to leave. You got five minutes. That means some of us go home and go, okay, I need to go inside. I need to grab things that are valuable to me. I need to grab, I don't know. Jesus is saying, don't even go inside. You got to go. You have to leave immediately. You go, Ben, 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 question, question, question. So what's going on in the United States during this time? I would say much of the same. I would say in the United States you would have government control you would have the mark of the beast the probably death probably famine and probably war but we would see it on a mar- much 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 larger scale than we see it today see the other day my mother-in-law went to the store and she was going to buy some groceries and she looked in all of the eggs in the eggs department was gone. There was no eggs left for her to get, not one, not one, uh, six pack, not one, eight, 12 pack, not one, no, there was no eggs. At the grocery store. But we're not in a famine yet. We're not in a famine yet. You understand that, right? But yet, there's going to be things that are hard to buy. Here, guess what's going to happen? This is going to be a large scale. I would employ to you, if you decide to stay, you will find no food and you will find no grocery stores open. And even if they are open, there won't be anything. You think I'm going to go in there, maybe I can find a loaf of bread, maybe something somebody has stashed something. There's not going to be anything. There's not going to be anything. Do you know how the human mind works? Do you know how humans work? We tend to. Some of you are sitting on mounds and mounds of toilet paper right now because of the same thing. <laughs> you don't even know why. You just saw people do it. It's like, I better go. Why? I don't know. What if there's not any? And we just freaked out. We all did. Paper towels, all of that stuff. Can you imagine food? Can you imagine food? Listen, during the tribulation, No food will be found. Well, pastor, not a big deal. I'll just grow my own. Not if you're being controlled. Can you imagine? You're in your backyard. You hope nobody sees you. This drone flies over. Next thing you know, boom. No. You just took my corn. You just took my my tomato. I mean, I'm just... Guys, this this is how bad it's going to be. This is what Jesus said. Now, here's the point. Does everybody understand the why? Why is Jesus saying this? Because it's very, very. Because they're going to be killed. They're going to be killed. If you're in the temple or you're on your rooftop and you hear breaking news and whatever it might be, you go, oh, not a big deal. You're going to be killed. You don't have the freedom that you're going to have. This is what Jesus is saying. So he says, now everybody understand the why. Look at verse 18. Now let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. He says, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. This is why it's so serious. The Lord's like, you're out out at your job? Go. But, 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 I need to change your clothes. I need to grab some cash. I mean, what would it be? You know, what would you're out at the, in the field? And I started thinking of field, and I was wondering if there is such a famine that there are people in Israel trying to to um, I don't know. Whatever he says, he says. You hear this? You got to go. You got to go. And he says, he says. Now, woe to you who are pregnant. Of course, can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to walk and leave Israel? You're not going to be able to go by car, but can you imagine if you're pregnant? He says, well, please, I mean, woe to you who are pregnant, and even nursing. Let me paint this scenario. You have a nursing little one, and all of a sudden you realize that there's the abomination of desolation, and you've got to get out. Your baby's going to cry, and guess what? If your baby cries, your baby's going to give you away. And the armies and the people looking for you go, oh, I know where they are. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you imagine if, a, if a, a woman is nine months pregnant when this happens? You go, well, Ben, they'll just get in the car. No, notice the second one. He says this, pray that your flight may not be in winter. Do you know how cold it gets in winter? We were there, and it wasn't even winter, and it was Cold. We froze and we were just walking around the old city. I'm not I'm kidding. This is this is in March. But I love that the Lord says, pray. Your prayers do change things. Your prayers do change. He says, pray. He goes, well, why not the Sabbath? Because guess what happens on the Sabbath? All the mass transits will shut down. It does. You won't be able to get a car. If you get in your car, and you think you're gonna go. Guess what's going to happen? There's not all the gates and everything. You realize that Israel is locked by gates. You understand that if you go from if you go from up up in the Galilee down to the Dead Sea, there's a checkpoint, a gate you have to pass. You can't get through without going through the gate. There are times if you go from if you go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem because it's it's occupied. By the Arabs, you have to go through a gate, and they will come on the bus and make sure that you're tourists and there are no Jewish people that can go to Bethlehem. Can't go? Our tour guide says, I can't go, but the bus will take you. What? What? If you go to Israel, if you go to Israel, there are two elevators in the hotel. One of them is a Gentile elevator, and you get to push your button and go up. The other is a Jewish elevator, which means you can still get on. You just can't push a button, okay? You can't push a button. You step in, and it'll take you to every floor. So if you happen to be on the 20th floor, you've got a long ride. If you get on the wrong elevator, forget it. Your wife is looking for you and going, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And you're, you're like... Ben I'll just get in my car. Do you realize that when you turn on the car it's considered a spark and that's considered working on the Sabbath. It's a spark we lit a fire to go. Still happens today. But let me let me just uh let me put something in your mind, okay? Put something. In. Could you imagine that that the third temple is built and so the Jewish people retreat back to a sacrificial system. You guys with me? And then they actually enforce the Sabbath. Like, because like, now Gentiles can go over and, you know, I mean, you, you, can, you can still do stuff on the Sabbath Friday night. But can you imagine, what if they go back to a sacrifice and become just very legalistic with the Sabbath? And guess what? Nothing's going to. And Jesus says, guys, listen to me. Listen, listen. He says, if you're in the field, he says, go. Don't go back and get your clothes. He says, "He says, if you're pregnant, I feel sorry for you. And if you're nursing, oh, my goodness. And he says, pray, please pray, 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 pray that it's not going to be in winter. It's too cold to go through. And pray that it's not on the Sabbath. And you go, what's the matter? Well, Jesus is warning the people. You ready? What's about to be reality? See, right now, in your minds, it's like a movie. You're to kind of go going, wow, wow, wow. And here's the point. Here's the point. You ready? Jesus is saying, be ready. Jesus is telling them way in advance. And we, too, must be ready for when Jesus returns. Why? Well, look at verse 21. He says, for then there will be great tribulation, such as... Not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days be shortened, no flesh will be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Your attention, please. There are those who say that the tribulation won't happen. Okay? There's a preterist view that says, mm, "No, nope, it's not going to happen. It's, it's it already happened back 70 A.D." That's the preterist view that there's no coming tribulation. That basically we're all going to die, and when we die, we'll go to heaven, and that's all there is. That's that's their view. There are also those who say, "Listen to me, that we're in the beginning stages of the tribulation." Right there, you'll hear somebody quote that. Well, we're in the beginning. Now, let me point out what Jesus says in verse 21. Jesus says, right here will be the worst time in the earth's history. There has never been a time, nor will be a time like this. So, right now, we're not in the tribulation. Right? Still good. Still good. Right? We can still go to Roses and eat after church, okay? We can it's still good. But Jesus said in the tribulation, he says, There's never been a time before, nor will there be after that is this bad. This bad. You go in, well, what's what's all the stuff that we're seeing? Well, let me just say this to you. I think COVID nineteen was a contraction. A hard contraction. Why? Because it was worldwide. It was worldwide. And you would think two years later, we'd be kind of, and, and it's, still, it's still affecting us. People still get sick of it. But what I'm saying is I think that we're seeing previews of the tribulation. You go, previews? Yeah. But it's, it's you go, well, what's a preview? Well, I think the mark, the mark is one. That's a preview. We had a preview. We had a preview of all that's going to happen. We had a preview of lockdowns. We had a preview of, here's the biggest thing. You ready? Division. Let me let me just warn you, okay? And and let me just say this. I know the enemy hates our church. I know he does because we, we just teach the truth. We're just going to proclaim the truth. And the truth is, listen to me, moving forward, you've seen, the enemy tried to divide us on a lot of different issues. Divide us with vaccines, divide us with masks, divide us with, with all kinds of stuff. And that's what he's going to keep doing. He wants to divide the Christian. United we stand in Christ, divided we fall. And that's what you're going to see moving forward. You're going to see division. You're going to see things pop up in the news, and it's going to divide the body of Christ. People who you thought were solid in their walks are going to start going, pfft, pfft, you really believe that? I mean whatever it might be, whatever it might be. I'm warning you now so you guys say no no no, I see what the enemy's doing. He's trying to divide us. We got to stand together, unified how in Christ. It's got to be biblical. We've got to be in the word and that's where we got to be. That's how we're going to stick together. There are a lot of people who look back at the destruction of the temple back in 70 AD and said, oh, oh, well, that's what Jesus was talking about. But we have to understand the context. Everybody understand the context, right? This is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, here's the deal. Look at the context. He says, man, this is going to be a great tribulation such, such as as has not been since the beginning of the world. There's nothing been like it or ever will be. And he goes, as a matter of fact, unless those days are shortened, he says, nobody's going to be saved. No flesh means humans. No humans will be saved. He says, but for the elect's sake, for the elect's sake. Well, Let's talk about that. What does it mean, days shortened? It means in the midst of wars, in the midst of destruction, in the midst of death, in the midst of the Antichrist tyrant, the false prophet, the beast, he says the duration of this will literally be only three and a half years. Only three and a half years. So for the sake of the Jewish people, his elect will be saved. Now, you have somebody go, Pastor Ben, I thought elect meant that there is a way. Since the Church, the Bible uses elect in three different ways. In Isaiah 45.1, God's elect are the people of Israel. Those are the Jewish people elect. If you see that in context. Elect can also refer to the church. And then elect can also mean whom God knew and would love and serve him. So so that's what it means. So there's three ways that he uses elect. But here, who's he talking about? He's talking about the Jewish people. So notice what he says. Unless those days are shortened, he says, the Jewish people wouldn't survive. The Antichrist would try to kill them. and let me add this again too. think about this think about this this is just my opinion i'm going to stand to the side of the pulpit if the antichrist is going after the jewish people guess who he's going to go after as well they're called tribulation saints now you and i we're gone we're the church we're in heaven we're enjoying we're relaxing that's why it's so amazing to be saved today But there's going to be people who are, there are people right now, church, listen to me, they're walking the fence of salvation. They have one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity, and they're not saved. Well, they're going to get saved. They're going to realize, (gasps) and they're going to get saved, but they're going to be called a tribulation saint. And if the Antichrist and all his minions and all of his army and all of his coalition are going after Jewish people, they're going to go after Christians here. They are. They are. And people think it's going to be like, ah, oh, seven years, not a big deal. We can give, I can do that standing on my head. Not when all hell is breaking loose. And Jesus warns them. Look at verse 23. He said, Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ. Or there, he says, don't believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. If possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Aren't you glad that we have a God who's telling us beforehand so we can be saved? I am. But here's what I want to remind you. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 4, he says, And Jesus answered them, said, Take heed that no one deceives you. Why? For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. Your attention, please. This has happened in the past. Okay, this has happened in Jesus' day. It's happened in our day. You guys know that. And the rapture happens between verses 8 and 9. And now Jesus is warning them. He says, I've told you. This is a warning as well as a prediction. But I want to draw your attention to something real quick, okay? Jesus is speaking about the tribulation. The tribulation is awful. It's ugly. It's disastrous. There's death, famine. It's oh half the oceans are full of blood. The the sea life is dead. The the fresh water is polluted. There's half quarter of the earth is burned. You understand all it's not a good place. But people are going to be saved. People are going to be saved, right? There's going to be people that right now that has looked at you and laughed at you about your Christianity that are going to get saved in the tribulation. There's going to be Jewish people who get saved. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Here's why. Here's what I want to show you. I want you to keep this in mind. Those who get saved in the tribulation are still going to be baby Christians. They're not going to know the Bible like you know the Bible. You see, sometimes we go into that mindset like, oh, well, they're going to be saved and they'll know everything and it'll be like, oh, yeah. And they'll and they'll have the strength to what? To resist being deceived. They won't. And Jesus says, hey, listen, they're going to be saved. I'm, saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I got saved. I'm in, uh, Okay, so now what? Well, you might have to die for your faith. I'm ready to die for my faith. Wait a minute. Somebody said Jesus is here? I need to go over there. I need to follow him. Why? Oh, he's, there's, he's, he's, he's calling lightning down from heaven. It has to be him. It has to be Jesus. There are signs and wonders. It has to be him. I'm telling you why. Because, because he died. I saw it on TV, and then he resurrected. That's Jesus. And they're not going to know. And so Jesus is warning them now. He's saying, hey, he's saying, listen what he says. He says, therefore, if anyone says, look, the Christ is here, he says, don't believe it. Don't believe it. For false Christ and false. He says, false prophets will rise and show great signs. Church, let me say this to you, okay? If you get nothing out of this message and you decide to stay during the tribulation, don't follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders does not mean that somebody's godly. Follow the word of God. The psalmist in Psalm 119 is exhorting us every single week to follow the word of God, to follow the word of God, to be in love with the word of God, to know the word of God so that you're not deceived. And somebody else comes up and says, Hey, I got a new revelation from God. Let me show you. And and he calls lightning down from, from heaven. May Calvary Chapel go, no, 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 no. We're sticking to the word. No, no, we're not going to follow the word of God. We're not. I've got a new revelation. Let me show you. Put this away. You don't need it. There's a Jewish professor in Israel. Maybe you've heard of him. Yevali Harari. Look him up. He has said publicly that we can be gods and that we don't need Jesus to come back. We are our own gods. And he's spreading. it's, It's going on right now. He's a Jewish professor, and you need to look him up. He's dangerous. Is he the Antichrist? I don't think he's the Antichrist, but I think he could definitely fit the false prophet Man, why are you telling all this? Because this is what Jesus said. Therefore, look at verse 26. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert. He says, don't go out. Nor look, he's in the inner rooms. He says, don't believe it. Why? For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For whatever carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Now, there's a couple of things here. He's telling and he's warning people, hey, if people are saying Jesus is here and you're going, I just got saved yesterday. I don't know what to believe. Go back to the word of God because he says, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. But but he says, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes his west, so the son of man will come. You go, what does he mean? Well, first and foremost, some of your translation says e- eagles. Some of your translations says vultures. He says, that's going to happen. When those are gathered together, you're going to see destruction. He says, but... I want you to realize that when Jesus says, as the lightning flashes from the east and shines to the west, here's what he means. Jesus is speaking to the Jewish people. A lot of people go, no, 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 that's the rapture. No, the rapture is not going to be like a lightning. We're just going to be caught up. Right? Half a blink. But he's wanting to go, context, everybody understand context. Context is, okay, what's he talking about? Here's, well, here's what he's talking about. Here's what He's saying, he's saying, when I come back, he says, you're not going to mistake it. You're not, it's not going to be something, oh, he's in the inner room. Right? There's, <laughs> there's a teaching going around that Jesus came back in 1921, and he's in New York City right now. Do you realize that? And they're hiding him in the inner room in New York City. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not Jesus. Okay? Seriously. He says, you're not gonna miss it. You're not gonna miss it. I'm gonna come like lightning. As a matter of fact, Zechariah 4-4 is that everyone, every eye will see him then. Okay, that's not the rapture. The rapture is only the Christians, the believers, the born again. In Revelation 1-7 it says, behold, he's coming in clouds and every eye shall see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because even so says amen. So, he's saying to, he's saying to these guys, listen, These tribulation saints, the Jewish people, you know it'll be me because when I come, I'm coming like lightning. Here's the point I want to make. Jesus is so wonderful. The word of God is so wonderful. He's telling us what's going to happen in advance. What kind of God does that? A loving God. A loving God warns you and says, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't go there. Hey, it's okay. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. So if you're here today and you go, you know what, Ben, I think I'm going to hang out in the tribulation. That's cool. That Jesus thing is not for me. You, 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 you do you, Ben, and I'll go in the tribulation. I said, here's, here's what he's telling you. He's telling you what it's going to be like. It's going to be like. And just like lightning, he says, you're going to know nobody's going to be confused and you're going to recognize it's the Lord coming back. Coming back. If you plan to be here during the tribulation, don't follow signs and wonders. In Revelation, the Bible says that the Antichrist is going to be able to call down lightning from heaven to deceive many, many people. He will have a false resurrection. Plus, the world's going to be in a huge mess. Let me just say this to you and people will be looking for a Savior. You don't believe me? You look like you don't believe me. The very point in the pandemic, you guys remember? You ready? Was get back to normal. Whatever it takes, let's go back to normal. Whatever it takes, let's go back to flying on airplanes. Let's go back to traveling. Let's open the stores, whatever. And that was really the point. We were like, well, let's do this so we can get back to normal. You see, we were looking for something, for a Savior. Can you imagine? Whenever we're inconvenienced at a 7.0 level, if you will, the Savior is easy to step in and say, follow me. Well, how do I know you're the Savior? Watch this. Must be Jesus. Must be Jesus. Jesus. So, what does Jesus do? Look at the last, look at these, and then we'll close with some comments. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, listen, at the end of the tribulation, he says, at the end. The sun will be darkened, and you go. What does that mean? Okay, guys, put on your thinking caps. Put on put on your imaginations. Okay, for seven years, the Earth is at war. The Earth has been burned up. There's been comets. There's been earthquakes, there's been volcanoes, because once you realize that when there's an earthquake, it'll, it it erupts volcanoes. So you got volcanoes, you got earth, you got death, you got stench, you've got mass graves. I want you to, I'm trying to paint this picture. You've got disease, you still got war, you've got nuclear things happening, you've got chaos around the world. All of that smoke is going to block the sun. My eight-year-old granddaughter is something else. She was sitting in the back, and we were, and and, and she is fully on board with the rapture. She's not scared. She's like, will, "Will that, Grandpa, will that be the rapture?" And so we're driving down our street, and she goes, "Grandpa, if the rapture happens, what's going to happen to the truck?" And I said, "Well, he thought it's going to keep going. Well, Grandpa's going to crash into things." And I said, yeah. In her mind, think about that. Now, multiply that around the world. Airplanes falling out of the sky, everything. Just think about it for a second. So when Jesus says, at the end, at the very end, he says, the sun's going to be darkened. We in Lubbock know what a haboob is. Do you know what a haboob is? When the, when the, 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 and we can't see it. You can almost look at the sun. Through the habu, because it's all dirt. You can kind of, and it's just this fire red ball. Think about what he's saying. He says, "And the moon, the moon's not going to give any light." And he says, "The stars are going to fall." Some some people believe that these are angels. It's translated in both places. It could be it could be meteor showers, or it could just be angels coming down. And the powers of heaven will be shaken. Verse thirty. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect. Who's that? All of those, all the tribulation saints. From the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other who are these who are these elect these are what we call tribulation saints people who are not saved that will go through this so the angels are summoned they're going to gather all those who gave their hearts to him and did not take the mark listen if you get nothing out listen to me listen if you get nothing out of this teaching and you plan to be here for the tribulation can i just say one thing to you don't take the mark don't take the mark don't take the mark you realize that that in years months years whatever somebody might be listening to this podcast and they're they're going right through it don't take the mark you're going to have to die. Don't take the mark. But not, don't, don't just not take the mark and die. That's not going to help you either. Give your life to Jesus Christ. But let me do one better. Don't wait until the tribulation. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today. Jesus warns us, at this point, seven years of hell is done. Where are we? We're, having, we're not having hell. We're having a great banquet in heaven. But you know what's breaking your heart right now, church? All of the people we know that are not saved. And how we want to get them and go, Please! Please! That's what breaks our hearts. And there's those of us that would say, listen, Lord, I will give up my life. I'll stay during the tribulation if if so-and-so could be saved. I'll stay here, I promise. And the Lord looks at you and goes, oh, I wish that your life could atone for that, but it can't, only Jesus can. And so what we do, churches, we pray and we pray and we fast and we beg God to save them. And Jesus says, when it's all over, the goat's over here. Sheep to the right, goat's to the left. Tribulation is over. Jesus doesn't go into the thousand-year reign. He gives that to John on the island of Patmos. As we have the book of Revelation. If you've never studied the book of Revelation, you can grab it on our podcast. We're going going—we're we're actually preaching it right now on the radio. But it is amazing. It is amazing. Well, a lot of pastors don't preach Revelation. They don't. They don't. Listen, this is not a Sunday morning where you go, Hey, come up to Calvary. We're going to talk about how awful the world's going to be. But we have to teach the truth. We have to teach the truth. We have to lay it down and say, this is it. This is it. So here's here's my thought as we close. Let me just say this. You ready? As we close. Jesus told us these things would happen. He warned the disciples that the destruction of the temple, and in 70 AD, it happened. Can I get an amen? amen? The word of God told us that Israel would become a nation again in 1948. It happened. He told us. Jesus told us he's coming back for us to take us home. It will happen. It will happen. My, my plea to you is please be ready. Please be ready. Give your heart to God now. Open up in your faith and put your trust in Jesus wherever you are. Don't wait. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word lord and and lord the the seriousness of your word and the truthfulness of your word lord this is a this is a message that we're going to have to chew on and meditate on and just pray father we really don't know how close we are but we're really close. And none of this matters, God, if we're not in a right relationship with you. Because, Lord, your word tells us that the word of God falls on different hearts. But my prayer is that it would fall on good soil today. And I would pray that everyone... Here everyone listening, everyone watching would make that commitment to follow you that Lord those that are those that are um playing between the world and christianity those that are those that are flirting with the world lord that Lord today they would say that's it. That's it. I surrender my life to you. Father, I would pray that your Holy Spirit would break every life-dominating sin that, that so easily ensnares us, God. Those things that we just can't seem to get away from. I pray for your precious saints, Lord, that are that are wanting just to, to feel you just, just even closer. I pray for the saints Lord today that 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 uh, life seems to be just distracting them from a closer walk with you, Lord, these are all the things we face, but Lord, you said this was going to go down. You're warning your disciples for such a time as this with every eye closed and every head bowed. I just want to give you an opportunity. maybe you're here today and throughout throughout the message you have um you were feeling something in in your heart and, and you were thinking pastor you were saying some things and listen i if i'm being honest i don't know if i'd go to heaven i i'm flirting with the world i'm flirting with sin i'm dancing with sin but i want to confess that to you now With every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus today. I'm ready to say yes to him, and I'm ready to follow him. All the days of my life, I'm ready. I don't want to be here for the tribulation. I want to go I want to go home. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Would you say, Pastor, pray for me? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else, just lift up your hand and say, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord. I'm, I, I don't want to be left here. I'm not scared of hell. I just need to follow God. And maybe you're watching online. Maybe God is moving in your heart. Just lift up your hand and say, I'm ready to give my life to God today. I believe in him. I'm just ready to follow him. Would you lift up your hand again? If you, if you already have, that's fine. If you haven't, let me just look real quick. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for these hands that were raised. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is moving. It's not but what I said. It's but by your Holy Spirit. And I pray for these hands that were raised. And maybe there's somebody watching online. Maybe somebody is listening by podcast and or on the radio. And they would say, yes, I would pray that they would pray something like this. Lord, words alone aren't sufficient to say. But if they would just pray a prayer of sincerity and say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And I don't want to be here for the tribulation. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you resurrected and, Lord, you're sitting at the right hand of God the Father. I believe, Lord, that you're coming back for me. So I give my life to you. I surrender completely. I belong to you. But I need help, Lord. I can't do this life on my own. I need guidance and I need your Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you, would you please come inside and take, hold, take control of my life? Would you be my God? I'll follow you. Would you be my Savior? And would you be my friend? I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. If you prayed it with all of your heart and you meant it, we do have a Bible and a Bible study guide for you. We want to get you on the right path, and we love you. Hey, uh, next week, we're going to continue on. So uh, yay, (laughs) invite your friends and your family. Wednesday night, we're in the book of Psalms. Sweet, sweet time. Come on out for that. We would love to have you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.